The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome, listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization, here on WebmasterRadio.fm. Today, it's my treat to have... Jeff Ekman with me. Jeff is the CEO and founder of Big Giant Conversions, and I get to use uh, my big Mexican soccer announcer voice. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, it's good to be here, Tim. Thanks for having me. Mm, well, tell us, uh, our listeners, a little bit about Big Giant Conversions. I-, I promise I'll stop saying it like that. So that's what we do. Um, all we do is boost uh, yields uh, from advertising and marketing, whether that's online or offline. Uh, we're performance-based, so we tie um, our uh, our profit to the profit uh, that our clients uh, end up uh, ben- uh, getting from our, our work with them. So you're in the boat with them. If they don't make money, you don't make money. Exactly. Well, it's, it's kind of a hard uh, value proposition to pass up, I would think, for many people. Yeah, we wanted to make it uh, you know pretty low risk. Uh, may you know lower those barriers to uh, getting those partnerships set up, uh, and it's been uh, it's been working pretty well. Uh, there are uh, some companies who um, might not be comfortable with the performance orientation, but we nevertheless want to make sure that there's a net positive ROI uh, that that we deliver. Yeah, we did a performance-based kind of approach early on in our history, and still have some performance-based components to it. But one of the things we found. Tell me if you, you've seen this as well, is that large companies are actually the ones that don't want to do it, both because they pay you too much money and also because they don't know what, what to do with your contract, the performance-based contract. Have you found that to be the case as well? Yeah, I mean, a number of different factors there. I think, you know, one is that uh, marketers are, are typically accustomed to working uh, with line items and a budget. So very, you know, very defined uh, uh Tar, you know, targeted lines for very specific uh, uh, items, and and we don't really fit neatly into those buckets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, that's one factor. Another factor, which is pretty big, is that in, in most cases, especially when you're talking about firms that you know, maybe maybe a hundred million more in in in, in revenue, uh, there's a, a good amount of complexity in that value chain, and whether or not they have the ability to track. Uh, the you know initial clicks or initial interest right to the PNL, uh, right to the revenue. Um, there are still complexities involved uh, in in being able to have that neatly packaged up and, and have your arms around it. Okay, well, yeah, I, I think that you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. So, uh, primarily, I understand you guys do a lot of lead gen, for example, both B two B and B two C. Now, you mentioned those like uh, in terms of the mix of acquisition sources or different traffic sources 
that you work with. Uh, can you speak to some of those? Sure, um, absolutely. So, um, in general, I, I think we, for, in terms of a mindset, we consider uh, a whole range of things to be "quote unquote" advertisements. Uh, so, whether that is a pay-per-click ad or an email uh, that goes out that has calls to action in it. Um, even uh, whether you have, if it's a, a call to action on a website, so dealing with some uh, a good amount of intrasite traffic uh, that is an item that is getting clicks, uh, free trial downloads, something like that, we would consider that similar to you know like a banner advertisement that actually gets clicks. Um, display media, and then an offline TV that drives through web, radio that drives through web. Um, as long as there is something that uh, there's an advertisement or some item that drives to a digital destination, drives to your URL, that's pretty much what we're dealing with. And okay, so oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so when, one of the things that we uh, have seen, it's a lot harder with cross-channel stuff and offline stuff to do proper tracking. For example, if you put, okay, go to website.com slash TV, most people will drop the TV when they type the URL and uh, then boom, there goes your tracking ability. Do you absolutely. see those kind of issues? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and this came up um, uh, with, uh, we had a client who um, wanted to come up with, a, they wanted to come up with, a, they came up with a new ad- advertisement for TV um, they wanted to. They initially wanted to drive to their URL slash uh, TV author or something like that. Um, we suggested to them that we come up with a brand new domain, something that either uh, is brand new, something that might have their brand in it. Uh, we taste tested a few different custom domains, managed to convince their uh, TV partner Hearst that this was the right thing to do. So that we had 100% attribution from that TV advertisement to uh, sale. So uh, you'd say that the best practice is to have a unique – I mean worst case scenario is, like you said, just adding something to the end of a current URL. That's really bad news because most people are too lazy to type it, especially if they heard it on TV and they actually physically have to type it. They can't cut and paste it. So would you say it's better to have like a second-level domain like – Offer.company.com or something like that? Or that's would you, that, you, yeah. That's or definitely would you say it, it, or it's actually better to have a brand new domain like company2.com? Yeah. yeah, the ultimate is to have a fresh domain. Absolutely. And, and think of it like this. For decades, direct marketers have used unique 800 numbers or phone numbers to track where people are coming from, what offer they saw, what market they saw it in. Um, mm-hmm. they don't use extensions, you know, call 800, blah, 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 and ask for extension 368. Right. Uh, obviously you can't trust that someone's going to type in that extension. And of course, direct marketers have always used, you know, coupon codes, uh, but you can never guarantee someone is going to use that coupon code. The, 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 the individual URL, um, especially when coming from offline is really the best way. And, um, and, and frankly, the, the offline to online conversion rates and the qualify, qualification of those people who make the leap from seeing something or hearing something to actually typing that URL in or, in a lot of cases, typing that URL in into Google uh, and then finding the site, 
those are very qualified uh, leads. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, that solves the kind of TV attribution, and I guess that that also for what do you think the best practice is for for phone calls? Is it the same like you were saying? You just no extension. You just dedicated toll free numbers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you've got companies like Mongoose. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of companies out there that will provision, you know, any amount of numbers that you like. Uh, you know, too many is probably not a wise idea, but uh, if you have, let's say, four different creatives that you're testing, uh, or you have four different offers that you want to have various different uh, telephone responses for, then you certainly want to have different phone numbers in use. Okay, so once you have that, what about driving to a phone number in the first place? How do you measure the effectiveness of a of a phone number? Uh, is it still your, what are, the sale or the offer, and do they take it, or is there an intermediate measure you can use, like length of the conversation you have with them? Yeah, I'm sorry, you're referring to the effectiveness of the actual phone number itself, or the effectiveness of driving to any phone number. Well, I'm just saying that uh, to any phone number, really. That, so the question mm-hmm. is, uh, is, should you use the same standard uh, conversions of conversions of conversion for the phone as you do for a form fill online, for example? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the salespeople and the people responsible for the P&L will always say, uh, can we get, if we get these people on the phone, uh, it's going to be much better. In other words, they would much rather get the phone call than a, than a web form submit. And which makes a lot of sense if you just think about the fact that there's going to be an instant conversation that happens once that phone is picked up unless it's an automated uh, uh, an automated um, responder. Yeah, so it's, it's um, interactive. It's got a human component to it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's unquestionably for most applications, I'd say the phone call versus an online transaction is, has a much higher value. Have you seen that to be the case? Yeah, I mean, granted, you know, when you get into transactions that are lower dollar value, uh, automating that, putting that into a more of an e-commerce setting is is obviously going to generate higher um, profit margins because then your cost of having a human there answering the phone and taking that transaction is going to be um, higher than just using the technology. Um, but in most cases, when it, you know, when it comes to lead generation, uh, you're you're pretty much best off getting that person on the phone, provided that they're qualified. All right. Well, we're going to explore that a little bit after the break. Uh, We are going to take a break right now for our commercial sponsors. They're the ones that keep it going. Please listen, support them. We'll be back in two minutes. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. From the creators of We Build Pages... Experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit the Internet Marketing Ninjas booth at PubCon 2011 Vegas or visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming.
Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Radio's Virtual Autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm. Moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization here on webmasterradio.fm. I'm continuing my conversation with my guest, Jeff Ekman, for Big Giant Conversions. And Jeff, you know, we were talking about, you know, when does it even make sense to answer the phone? Are there some general guidelines as far as the value of the offer when it actually makes sense to get a call center involved? Or what's the economic threshold below which it doesn't even pay to answer a phone? Hmm. Yeah, a good question. I mean, I can maybe take a guess on some ballpark, you know, numbers there. Maybe when the average order value is maybe under a thousand dollars. I mean, that's just you know very aggregate metrics. It's a you know the the classic answer to that question is it depends. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, I think you're really gonna you're gonna want to look at just the hard numbers. You know, what are the what are the what's the expense of taking that call uh, of, of that conversion? Um, in terms of human resources, uh, what and what is the value? Yeah, I think that there's basically the, the way that we look at it, uh, there are higher value sales, business-to-business lead gen, where something is possibly worth thousands of dollars to you, where, of course, you want to have somebody answer the phone. And then there's the self-service uh, arena, I'd say anything. And it, think of the growth of everything from Skype to Vonage to all of these little uh, web-based uh, SaaS applications that, that we buy in a subscription base. As long as it's under 50 bucks a month, that's probably reasonable self-serve area. And in the middle is what we always think of as the death zone, which is it doesn't make sense to get a human being involved, but at the same time, the sale might be comp- too complicated to do strictly on a self-service basis. <laughs> yeah, in which case you have to, uh, you have to maybe... Uh question the business plan a little bit. And maybe- yeah, exactly right. Go to one end or the other. You know, high, real high value, high ticket, or self-serve, consumer-based. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right. Well, um, one of the things that um, I know I've talked about in my book and I, that you're a big fan of is progressive disclosure. Uh, tell us what that 
means to you and and how you use it in your work. Can you maybe give us a couple of examples? Yeah, absolutely. So um, our our business is really um, taking what is old and making it new again. Uh, so we we look to the phone call and the conversation maybe that even a salesperson initially has with a prospect early on. Um, we we have that um, as our uh, what we look to uh, when it comes to driving people online and following that um, as a guideline. So, and then a lot of times we'll use the analogy of um, a good first date versus a bad first date. Uh, a good first date is where there's a conversation that happens between the two people who are meeting each other. Uh, a bad first date is when uh, I, for example, ask for uh, my date's hand in marriage uh, on the first date. It doesn't um, work for you? doesn't quite work in most situations. Um, so having a conversation and progressive disclosure, I mean, we, we kind of look at that as the same type of thing. If uh, you think about the call centers again, people are you know, they're dialing this 800 number uh, and they're expecting that a conversation is going to occur as long as a human picks up on the other end. There's a quick back and forth that occurs there. Um, and in that back and forth, uh, very similar with you know with the progressive disclosure concept. There's a piece of information that is offered first. Now, I'm interested in product A. Then the person on the other end can say, "Oh, well, product A has these three options. Which of those would you like?" So based on product you know product A selection, then they say option one. Now we're speaking to with relevance to that option A one. That makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you basically you want to get as targeted as you can as as quickly as you can. But I mean, my, my mind, progressive disclosure is, is a bit different. It's basically asking for the minimum of information that's necessary for the current interaction, and then only asking for information later when you need it. Uh, in other words, it's not being greedy marketers and asking for everything, including the kitchen sink. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that uh, right on, right in line um, with with you on that. Uh, the, the concept that we use at the top of the funnel, so in the, the very, fir- very first few seconds of interaction online, we want to present people with a, a wholly inclusive set of, of things to uh, engage in uh, that is also mutually exclusive. Uh, so, um, so for example, uh, if I'm Maytag and my two main products are dishwashers and washing machines, um, at the very outset, I'm going to present those two as options, uh, or maybe washers and dryers versus dishwashers. And then if you select washers and dryers, then I'm going to go ahead and uh, after that selection has been made, uh, I might say, are you doing laundry daily or are you doing laundry weekly? And then I can go. Right. So what you're, what you're talking about is segmentation, breaking people down by roles and by the specific tasks they're trying to accomplish and kind of. Uh, through a simple set of questions or a small number of choices, getting them down to relevant, the most relevant content. But how exactly does progressive disclosure, you know, fit fit into this picture? I guess is my question. Right. So at the you know at the very top of the funnel, you're not going to uh, in that particular example, you're not going to want to put all your information about washer dishwashers and washers and dryers all up front. You're going to want to pull that off and wait to disclose that valuable information until after you've actually uh, learned 
what that particular respondent uh, is interested in. Okay. Um, what are the three biggest well, – we're going to cover one of these before the break and the others after we come back. But um, you've seen a lot of conversion improvement situations. Three biggest things that people consistently do wrong. Let's let's just do one before the break, and then you can think during the break about the other couple. Sure. What's the, what's the worst offender? What's number one <laughs> on the hit rate? Um, I would say that uh, almost universally, attempting to uh, convert a respondent in one shot—that is, putting that conversion point right there, closest to the point of entry. In other words, let me paraphrase that. I call it the 30-foot standing broad jump. You're expecting me to just take this giant leap and buy from you today. There you go. On your homepage before you tell me even who you are, free trial, right, or something like that. Exactly right. Uh, Free trial or complete this uh, 18-step form. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's really us just being greedy marketers and squeezing the bottom of the funnel and hoping something comes out. But you know what? Um, and and uh, if we have to cut, I can continue the this after the break. But you can't really blame interactive marketers for this because everything that we do, or most everything that we've done online, has been derivative of the concept of the website. And in terms of the website, there's been a great effort and continues to be an effort to create navigation so that people can click the least amount of times to get to where they want to go. Well, okay, we're going to talk about stripped-down go-karts instead of stripped-down Formula One cars. Uh, I think there's you're going too far in the defense of the greedy marketers. I'm going to fight you about this, but we'll do it after the break. Uh, Stand by, everybody. Uh, We'll be back after a quick commercial. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. As you know, being an expert at f- What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f- Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f- 
performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And just picking up on where we left off before the break, uh, Jeff, I mean, you're basically excusing the marketer and saying, well, we've been taught to streamline everything. But doesn't that reach the kind of a point of absurdity where it's just basically uh, it's the Frank Kern style of landing pages where it's just one giant video play button or buy button and that's all there is on the page? Well, it's funny. Um, utility comes to mind here in terms of what's the intent of of the person who's landing on this on this page. Uh, there's a gentleman uh, who spoke at SES some years ago, and he had a really tremendous build up to what he was going to reveal as the best landing page ever in the whole world. Uh, and he eventually said, "It go to the Google homepage." And yeah, like, that's kind of you know, weak. There's only one Google. Huh? Right, oh, now, right. But the, the the main point is that you know there there's this one piece of utility. Now um, you could take that paradigm, you could just break it down. It's like, well, what is the utility? Uh, what are people looking for um, when they get there? Uh, and if if they're ready to click that button, um, then. That makes perfect sense. In the, in the case of doing a search, people are ready to do that search. But they may not necessarily, especially in a B2B situation, be ready to uh, sign the contract. That's right. So it's, it, I mean, well, there's, there's, uh, I think that what we have to, I think I like your notion of just a clear set of, a small, clear set of choices. And what we have to recognize, I think often when we redo websites, you know, we basically can redesign a blueprint for a higher converting website for a client. And the very first you know, thing we do is say, what do you have for each step in the, in the funnel? You know, again, if you have the call to action really clear, fill out this form or buy or free trial or whatever at the bottom of the funnel, what do you have for me at the middle of the funnel or at the top of the funnel? And the problem is often at the business model, there's no attempt to just share information. There's no attempt to grab an email earlier on. It's it's kind of like, uh, pardon me, crapper, get off the pot, right? I mean, uh, I think that you can't grow the bottom of the funnel without widening the top. And I think you know, ignoring it is pretty short-sighted of most marketers. You, know, you can make you can say the case, okay, there's paid media, and if if you know keyword intent, and if they're really far down in the buying funnel, fine, then sell them something. But most people are going to be in the research stage, for example. Absolutely, and you know, there's, there's a lot of talk about lead nurturing um, right now. It, it, it's a big buzz, especially with the Marketos and Eloquas of the world. Um, Putting, uh, you know, bringing marketing automation to the fore, but uh, we, uh, we prefer to look at it as sort of like in the moment uh, lead nurturing, 
if, if we can, in the first few seconds after someone has responded, engage in a quick sort of rapid call and response digital conversation, uh, that in that process, we're starting to develop a relationship that obviously later on uh, can pan out uh, into something. I think that with you know average 3% conversion rates, uh, our general assumption is that there's a much larger group that's ready to engage on some level, ready to talk to someone or ready to convert at some level. That's uh, uh, much larger than that 3%. How do we tap that? Those people will quote-unquote convert if the situation is right. So if we present this more progressive disclosure experience, we give people more chances to interact in different ways. Well, so I think what you mean by progressive disclosure is, like I said, laying out these these choices earlier in the funnel, giving them smaller uh, opportunities to interact with you that don't have the same weight of consequences as filling out a form or giving you their credit card number. So just, hey, let me download this ebook or sign up for this newsletter, right? Absolutely. So it really, it's a um, yeah, it kind of goes back to what Seth Godin was saying and for his book, Permission Marketing, ask for as little as possible and give as much as you can in return. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good point. Uh, and, and I think we, we often forget that. I think you know, there's this notion if we're paying for the media, then we have the right to ask for the, the clothes, you know. Yeah, what, what are the, you know, the primitive salespeople, you know, you often hear this ABC. Have you heard that acronym before? Uh, please explain. Oh, always be closing. That's that's the mantra in sales. Oh, right, ABC, right. Always be closing. You know, yes, and, that's, yes, yes. and that's fine if you're trying to you know push schlocky crap on people that they don't need. And maybe some marketers are out there in that situation. But if you really believe in your products or services, you, you know, the thing we keep hearing more and more is about you know content marketing and lead nurturing, combining those two, like you said, uh, and and being of service, actually helping people solve their own problems. Well, coffee is uh, maybe instead of coffee is for closers uh, or coffee is converters, maybe coffee is for compellers, uh, those who can compel people to make an honest uh, effort forward for an honest effort given by the marketer. Well, I think we're uh, running short on, on time. This has been a great conversation. I want to ask you, Jeff, are you going to be at any upcoming shows? Uh, how can people get a hold of you? What's the best way to follow you on social media? Absolutely. So we are um, uh, at biggiantconversions.com. You're not going to find a hell of a lot there. It's a very lean uh, site. Uh, But we do um, do attend lots of shows. A conversion conference will probably be the next one uh, that we attend uh, in New York. Uh, It's definitely close to home for us. We're based in in Cambridge at MIT. uh, And uh, definitely appreciate you uh, having, uh, having me on the show, Tim. Yeah, well, it's, it's uh, thanks for for being on the show. It's been my pleasure. And for those of you interested in coming to Conversion Conference, it's uh, going to be October 19th and 20th at the Hilton in Midtown Manhattan. And here's a quick shout out. Use promo code CCE134 for 200 bucks off. And that's in addition to the, you know, if you... I think act in the next couple of weeks that that's another 200 off the walk-in rate to 400 total savings cce134 just go to the conversion conference site hope to see you in new york and jeff thanks again for being on the show look forward to having you back soon all right we'll see you soon tim 